This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Welcome to We're Not Fine. I'm Dr. Talia Jackson. And I'm Doug Jensen. We thank you for listening every week to our deep and thought-provoking conversations about relationships. Because as everybody knows, we did not finish the Enneagram conversation and we had to end at a certain place. So, Because we can't stop talking, which brings us to... The next four, we, we, I literally cannot wait here. I'm going to show everyone my mug again that, you know, my best friend gave me. It says, ask me about the Enneagram. I think this Which I never do. Merch. Nobody ever does. And that is a real missed opportunity for all of you. So start asking. Really? Really? Okay. But the next four that we're going to talk about are, you know, six seven, eight, and nine, which is so fun for us because I'm a seven, Doug's an eight. Both of us are 1,000% certain that we're the best type in the Enneagram. Um, One of the things that I loved the most about the last episode, Doug, is that it never occurred to me that this is where these Enneagram episodes we're going to head, but you took all of the descriptions I and did. you were like, um, I don't think I date that person. Um, I would date that person. Ooh. And you were like, no, yeah. forget the six. Give me a two. Give me a healthy two. I loved it. Yeah, I will tell you. So I'm not, again, I don't even know all that what an eight is. I just know that when I'm drawn to other people, there are other eights. Like, I really love the energy of eights. However, in a relationship, that would be a nightmare because two of me is not what I want. So, right. I feel like two eights is like TNT. But it's a we're like going that. to get there. We're going to get there. I, I have so much to say about this, but when we get there, we'll talk <laughs> about it. But I find myself. Like now thinking a little bit about it, I don't ask you about the Enneagram because, you know, frankly, I think you'll tell me anyway. I think you'll be like, yeah, that's sadly very offer, true. <laughs> you'll offer it whether I want an analysis of everybody we ever talk to or interview or. It's true. Well, I mean, for example, right, like we are in the market for our dream team in this yeah. beautiful podcast yep. that we're building. We are onward and upward sniffing out for the people that are just in alignment with our vibe and our vision and we're so excited about what we're doing that we want to bring on people th- with this on this journey with us yep. and so yesterday we interviewed this literally the loveliest woman ever and we, we were telling her like we are looking for somebody who is you know, vision, strategy, leadership, like seize the long game. And then basically what she said, which only makes me love her more. She was like, well, if it means anything to you, I'm a two and a nine in the Enneagram. And then I rolled my eyes and I'm like, you're out. I'm kidding. Oh my God. I'm and kidding. I was like, 
Oh my gosh, thank you so much because that means everything to me. And what that is, is you are a giver and you are a peacemaker, which means you're very relationship oriented, that you would do anything in your power to please and support your partner, whether it be in work or relationships. But what that also says to me is you are not going to be able to lead us, direct us, put us yeah. in our place, yep. um, challenge us. And she was like, yes, that's right. So do you well, see how important the Enneagram is? Well, I, however, you know. Uh, okay. Was that a yes? yes no, it was not a yes. It was what? a, I understand. I, I, I will tell you, it was kind of interesting. Like we're interviewing this woman and who, by the way, I loved Loved, loved every part of her and her energy. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Um, I wrote to you. I texted you while while we were interviewing her. I love her. So I love that she knows herself. I love that she's able to articulate adequately like what she's good at, what she's not good at. Um, but yeah. of course, that's not the right fit for a producer, but it's a really good fit for the person who would do the supporting. executing or supporting or. That's right putting things into play that we've decided need to be done, um, but need, needing to be told what to do. And it was kind of a beautiful observation. Like she's but clearly it, worked enough. Go ahead. It makes me adore people. Like I, yeah, I've told you this a million times. Like my love language, I think, is um, self-awareness. Someone who <laughs> can just be like, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table, which is, again, why I am so crazy about the Enneagram because – like a healthy version of me looks completely different than a healthy version of you, Doug, or a healthy version of my husband, right? We are so completely different in our yep. wiring that we need to understand yep. what our type is so that we can know what we're striving towards. What does the best version of us look like? I will say, in not giving too much credit to the Enneagram, um, I, but, but I think it's worthwhile because honestly, Talia, you've been very accurate and very learned and knowledgeable about people in a short period of time. When we were interviewing this person, you are learned. Wasn't that the woman who played Mrs. Walton? Not that anybody remembers <laughs> the Waltons because I am, what, so young not to remember that, but I'm not. So this is what I would say about that. Like, you are correct. And I, I, I appreciated kind of the narrative that you gave. So that means this about you. And that means this about you while, yeah. while you're meeting with this interview. And I'm like, okay, I'll listen to Talia. I believe everything you said. I think it's ridiculously right on. Like right. my and personality. she said, she's like, yes, that's right. Yeah. Plus that there's a positive and a negative yeah. to each of these as well is really kind of fascinating to me. Oh, yes. A thousand percent. So, or 2000. <laughs> okay. The six, the loyalist and the trooper. These, their deepest fear is of being unprepared and unable to defend themselves from danger. This is a fear based personality type. Their core motivation is the need for safety and security at all cost. Um, they need to, they seek support and reassurance. They need commitment. They need to know your intentions, that you can be trusted. They, um, they, they really thrive in 
tight-knit social groups where they feel like this is a part of my identity, if it's like a political group, a social group, a religious group, lifestyle, they feel security in numbers, being a part of a group. Um, they're an amazing team player, they're great communicators, and they're very detail-oriented, which also is a way for them to protect themselves against the apocalypse. Whatever they're worried about, like the sky falling in, abandonment, whatever is happening for them. That's, what do you think about these guys? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want Talia, to date them? You know, uh, no, I don't. This would be a bad fit for me. <laughs> so well, this is what I'm doing in my head, Talia, by the way. I'm very careful because there is somebody for everyone. There are a million different ways of being in this world. And so it's almost unfair to like for me to be like, I would date that person or I would date that person or that person would be my friend. But I admittedly, that is, I can work with, by the way, any of these any, personalities, yeah. like any of them. They've all been in my office and I love working with all of them. Um, but I'll tell you, like, I'm looking at, at it personally, this would not be my person. I am not, I am not someone who, uh, I guess, you know, we all want safety and security to some degree for sure, but it feels very almost insecure and timid and careful and not very risk-taking and adventurous. I feel like I would be pulling that person into like, come on. Let's go hiking on that, you know, a trail or whatever. I, I would, it would be hard and I would not feel comfortable at this point in my life in particular. I would not want to keep pulling someone into a direction that they're uncomfortable with. It just would be like, you stay safe and secure if you need to. I'm going to go live life li differently. So that's the difference, right? Well, here's the interesting thing about this particular type, the loyalist and the trooper. They're the only type that has a... Um, what's the word that I want to use? Like a diametrically opposed personality, like coping. So there is the phobic six and the counterphobic six. So the phobic six runs away from the, the, the sources of fear and stress. And they're identifying with someone who is very risk averse. They will talk yep. about it. They're vulnerable about it, about like, I'm worried about that. I'm afraid of that. What about this? What about this? But the counterphobic is almost like they have made it their life's mission to not let fear overcome them. And so these guys are the bravest of all because they're living with the fear and they're running towards that roar anyway. So that sometimes translates into like, rule breaking or like, fuck it, let's just do it. Who cares? Like, and it's, it's such an interesting type, right? And neither one has anything to do with healthy versus unhealthy. It's like, <laughs> it's just if they veer one direction or the other. I don't know. Either one feels something to me. Because not the, your type. Well, not my type. And let me tell you why. The second type that you said, the one that is like, let's throw caution to the wind and just do this. That feels contrived and forced to me instead of organic and natural and just easy, breezy, flowing, living life as, as is right for you. There's something like if you have to, it almost feels like go out of your way to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, devil may care. I'm just going to do this. I don't, I'm not drawn to that either. Cause that feels almost careless to mm. go that other direction. 
I'm not drawn to it. I could have misunderstood that, of course, but it just right. And I'm. It's. I mean, you're bringing up a really good point, and and I don't actually know how how to address what you're saying. Like my sense is that they live with fear but fight against it, versus the phobic that lives with fear and tends to live smaller and more risk averse. So I, I, I know think what it that, is. Go yeah, ahead. tell me. Tell I me. was just gonna say I, what you just said clarified for me what I would would struggle with. Okay. Because it doesn't really then address that underlying fear. So I look at this therapeutically, like, let's figure out why you're afraid. First, don't decide, I'm just going to do the opposite of what my intuition is without understanding why you're doing that. Like I would be wanting to go into like, let's talk about fear and really let's dig into that. It's kind of like people who, and I, I will use, I will use sobriety as an option. Like for people who just say, I need to stop. I, I have not worked with someone that just can say that and then stop versus think about why it is that they are drinking to begin with or mm. substance abusing to begin with. The underlying, I'm always, I'm a therapist who believes in under, understanding the underlying pieces of the puzzle to have insight on why we do what we do to really do that deeper work to understand why change can happen. So this idea of, I'm just going to go the opposite of my fear and try to ignore the fear. I would right. say dig deep and face the fear head on. Like it still versus, doesn't feel healed to you it does, or self-aware. Thanks, that's exactly what I'm, I'm yeah. trying to say. That's exactly yeah. well put. I don't think it's healed. It's like if you just keep doing the opposite, it might be a fake it till you make it type approach yeah. from that perspective. And I, I think there's a benefit to that. But I, it feels like maybe this, these personalities might not do that underlying work to really understand where the healing needs to happen. So, that's beautiful. And that's why we're here. And that's why like there's the unhealthy and the healthy. Yeah, and that's such yep. a, a wonderful way to navigate it. So the unhealthy is really fear-based decisions yep. or yeah. like even if you're running towards or running against. Yeah. And the healthy six is trustworthy. They're loyal. They're honest. They're protective. They're very relationship focused. They're wonderful friends. Um, and they're seeking the same. They're seeking loyalty and stability in their friendships. And they're more balanced, right? They're not as fear-based because they've done their work. I don't think I have any fives in my, or sixes. What number sixes. are we on? Six? Sixes. <laughs> Numbers. Um, I don't think I have any sixes in my life. Guess what? My BFF, Leslie, she's a six. She's a healthy, glorious, beautiful six. I'm mm -hmm. going to think about that. Yeah. So I know one. And you know her and she's been on the show. Why she does not feel that way. Because she's healthy. That's why if someone's healthy, you can't always tell what they are. It's I as soon as they yeah. start exhibiting the pathology that you're like, ew, I know what you are. <laughs> I, w I could go into my interactions with Leslie, but or Goldilocks, as I call her. Yes. Which, which by itself explains that there was an ease to her and a comfort That's level right. in our interaction quickly um, that did not feel... To have an underlying fear. That's, That's what right. I am. Because she's healthy. By. She's okay. healthy. That's what Let healthy feels like. Goldilocks, we are going to chat more. That's what I'm telling <laughs> you. That's okay. directed directly toward you. So, Doug, now Hi. we get to talk about the world's best type oh. that everybody covets. No, I'm just teasing. So, clearly, Actually, a seven, given that you're a seven, is self centered, self gratifying, self. Kind of. Yeah. 
grandiose, all those. Yeah, great. Okay. Well, I mean, I will tell Hmm. you. Okay, welcome to the seven. I'm so excited to to share because now everybody who's been wondering these things about me or someone that you know, let me just name it. So the seven is called the enthusiast and the epicure. And so our deepest fear is to be stuck in pain, tedium, boredom, which is so real. Like we would chew off our own arm if it felt like we were stuck in something unpleasant, whether that is a an uncomfortable conversation. It's literally what I always tell Rob because Rob is, um, of course, my husband, in case you are just joining us. He is a one in the Enneagram and he is... Because he's a one in the Enneagram, and also because he really enjoys apocalypse movies and such things. I do, too. He's sort of this, like, prepper. So, you know, not, like, to the extent that it's, like, a little creepy and scary and conspiracy. Rob Rob and I need to talk about how much water we have. Oh, my God. I just lean back and chuckle. I mean, like, we've got... A, a surplus of like batteries and canned goods and yep. like our storage room downstairs is like ready for us. And what I keep on saying is I love you very much, but <laughs> I give you permission to eat me first. Oh. I have zero interest in surviving the apocalypse. I can't wait. Like I, and he also told me I'm not on his short list for survivors of the apocalypse because I am so good at being an epicure and an enthusiast. And as I've mentioned before, I love the finer things. I love high thread count. I love soft cheese. I love wine. I love travel. I, I you love getting not... an epicure at the nail salon. An epicure? Yes. Look, I got a new epicure. (laughs) I love that epicure color. Turquoise. I Um, love it. It matches my new bathroom. Let's just say sevens are probably not going to be on your short list for surviving the apocalypse because we're not interested. I was going to say, Rob and I will find each other across the miles. Like he's west of the cities. I'm east of the cities. But Rob, you and I need to connect because we will be a dynamic duo. And I will be your first meal, and I accept that. I'm not eating you, Talia. I'm not you, doing well, it. Well, you could. You could no, use me as I'm going to eat the spam the that's fire. in my. I'm going to eat the spam and green beans that's in my basement. Oh, mm. I love spam. Mm. Oh my god, that's so weird. It's I not even it. a real food. It well, I'm originally from the Austin area. My family grew up part of the ways there, and that's where Austin, the Hormel. Austin, Minnesota. Minnesota, not Texas. Right. The, back to the seven. Oh, back, Our, to, back, back to you. Back to me. The most interesting topic of all uh, topics. So yeah. our core motivation is to avoid feeling bored or sad or trapped or uninspired. As you know about me, right? It's I of, do. The way that I even think about this a little bit is that we are dopamine addicts. And... That is like the chase. It's like the constant chase. So we're wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, enthusiastic, optimistic, 
boundless curiosity and energy, seek new experiences, always like hashtag living my best life. Really, that's like all I want, all I want for my clients, which can be challenging also as a therapist, right? I've had to really, really work on learning how to sit with people in their darkness and not crawl out of my skin and want to push them in record speed through the darkness, which has, this is the perfect job for me because I am learning and growing and sitting with that every day, which is also helping me on my own journey, I will say. I'm kind of fascinated with that observation because I'm already jumping ahead to like, I don't have a struggle with that at all. I can sit with darkness for months on end, uh, which of course sometimes is the way that things work for people. Um, and I don't struggle with it all. It's where my comfort level is, actually. Right. I am comfortable with deep, intense, maybe dark sometimes conversation. Um, I'm kind of going back to the, you know, this whole idea of like not sitting well and stuck because you and I have actually talked about this related to this work that we're doing together, this business of a That's podcast right. that we're doing. There have been times that you've been frustrated. There's been times I've been frustrated. This is much, much more elaborate. And now that we have advanced to a beautiful, beautiful place of our, our lovely viewers, thank you so much for following us and being a part of this world. Um, but I remember when it gets hard, you kind of, you kind of keep one toe out. And yes. I'm like, get your feet in. That's right. And, and your bushy like tail. My bushy and tail. My bushy tail is creeps out. I know. And that's what was happening in our first scenario, right? When I was really struggling with the production and you were like, all I need to hear is that you're in this for the long haul. And you wouldn't give it to me. And I was like, all I can tell you is that I am in this for now. (laughs) And that that did not work for me. I was like, well, that's... It was just fascinating about the seven and the eight, right? It's like you, you were feeling like I can't move forward in good faith, knowing that you have one foot out the door. And I was feeling like I can't live feeling like I'm trapped in something that isn't working for me. So I can't promise anything with both feet in, but if I have one foot out, You know, it's not even one foot out. I'll tell you, Doug, this is what it is for me. I need to feel like I can see the exit and that it's always an option for me because it helps me choose what I'm in. I feel like it's a choice and not an obligation because the obligation piece sucks all of the joy out of anything I'm doing for me. It makes sense. But I remember even, so Rob, your husband, the one, he is um, the was, one. was sitting in between us and he was translating because I shut down when I have somebody say, I'm kind of half in, I'm like, well, then I can't like, that's not a relationship that would work for me. I don't care what the dynamic is. I don't care if it's a open relationship. I don't care if it's a monogamous relationship. I don't care if it's a friendship. I don't care what it is. What I care about is that there is 100% buy-in to whatever I do with the other person. Cause then I can, then I can feel secure. Like that's how I feel security. So you left me that day. Go ahead. Anyone promise that? Um, but I do like, I stick, I stick with, not that I have done, by the way, I'm sure people are like jumping from maybe parts of my personal life. Like, no, you did not. Um, I don't know. Like you, well, certain things like this, this podcast 
is something that really requires both of us to be fully invested in because it's a lot of work. That's All right. worthwhile. I love the product that we have. Um, you know, nine months into it, I barely forget there's a, I barely remember there's a camera on us. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that's the thing. Like if you and I were dating and then we got to a point of like, all right, so are you, is this enjoyable for you? And if you said, uh, for now, I'd be like, okay, I am not going to be so able funny to like, because yeah. but I also like, here's another, maybe this is the seven and this is the eight, right? Like I, when there's an issue, I am like dog on a bone for like, we're going to solve this. We're going to fix this. This isn't working for me. I don't like it. I can't live with this. This is painful. I'm you gonna are a dog on a bone. Off. Right. That's where and your so, tail like, comes in. When I, when I say that, like, I can do this for now, what it's what I'm picturing is we're going to find a solution. I've got my eye on the prize. I've got my eye on the solution. So you just like, wait, it's going to shift and then I'm going to be able to be all in. So it's not like I'm abandoning ship. It's more like we've got to fix this because I don't sit in misery long or well. Yeah, I guess I'm, you know, I need to maybe retract a little of what I said. I, I don't either. But that's only right. a result of having done work and being my age. Like I don't, I don't have friendships. I don't have relationships that are not doable for me. I don't sit with anxiety or stress well. I did that's in the right. past. Like I've had relationships where I've just never felt secure or loved or regarded in the way that I, I know I deserve and want. I would never do that again. Like I can't. I can't do that sort of thing. It makes me like the minute I start to feel like eggshells or anxious, I'm like, I'm out. But or I, or I say something because communication is, of course, one right. of the four C's. So, so, Doug, what I think is that's the two of us actually growing into our healthy selves is that like we have a low tolerance for things that don't fit anymore. And we Anything? are trying to make them fit. We're trying to figure out what's going to yeah. work for us. I think that's healthy. So, so, do you want to hear yes. what the unhealthy version of me looks like? I do, you and I will absolutely point will out if shocked. I see any of them. <laughs> Is this do like tell. us on the histrionic personality disorder? It's like, open up the curtain, and there I am. I'm the epicure. Ta-da! Okay, unhealthy epicures. You guys know these people. You just think of these people that you know. Hedonistic gluttonous, running towards pleasure and away from pain at all costs, fragile, unfocused. This is where all of the ADHD comes in, which I'm telling you, I think there's a part in there that is also very like, there's a dopamine thing here that's happening. I'd love to do a little more research on like the seven, the epicure, the enthusiast and ADHD, because it's almost like we need to inject Fun times a thousand to be able to maintain interest and investment in whatever project that is. Um, we're overscheduled. We're like the fastest hamster on the hamster wheel, but it's a little like scattered and unorganized. Not necessarily like we were talking about the three who's the achiever. They actually have pretty great executive functioning and they are running at the speed of light towards a goal and know how to get themselves there. The sevens are a little bit more on a hamster wheel, not really knowing where we're going, but we're moving so fast. And we also love starting projects and have trouble finishing them because they become a little boring or mundane. So 
That's the unhealthy. What do you think, Doug? Um, I, well, so by the Tread way. Tread lightly, my friend. Tread <laughs> lightly. You know, as anybody who has watched any of this podcast knows, that is not the way that I roll. Um, so I'm going to be really direct. You are not hedonistic in any way, Talia. You just aren't. Um, <clears throat> no, you're really not. Um, while you get an Epicure every week, I think that's not the case. I will tell you, though. Um, and I'm going to just stick with the unfocused comment first. Like, of course you're unfocused, but ADHD is a diagnostic piece and it's a neurological piece that, you know, you own and you treat and you take care of and you acknowledge and all that sort of thing. And it absolutely shows up in this podcast. Like I'll, I'll be like, what did you do? Um, so, I mean, so there's a level of like impulsivity with that or like energy and like run, run, run. Um, however, the part that I will say, I do think you avoid pain. Yeah. At all cost. Yeah. So that kind of makes me wonder, like, so that might be some of your work to do, right? And For I have an opening. Sure. I have an opening next Tuesday. <laughs> why? Why do I feel like the the only time I'm ever really going to be able to face that is if like there is an apocalypse and I have no other choice? And no, I'll be like, that's Rob, I know I told you to kill me, but actually, can I stay around just one more day? <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to eat anybody that we know. Um, Yet. I think there will be a lot of options for meat and protein outside Really? You might not be watching the same movies I'm watching. I am a Walking Dead fanatic until probably the last few seasons. Oh, Oh, my God. Obsessed. Could not get enough. Um, So, and I found myself, by the way, if I was binging it, I would find myself, this is totally off the subject, but I would find myself thinking, what if outside my office, a bunch of walkers were outside waiting to eat me? I found myself, what would I do? And I had a plan. Like, I love the plan. I love, I love the whole thing. Anyway, so back to your uh, unfocused, avoiding pain at all costs. Yeah, I think being a little bit more resilient. We have an upcoming guest talking about resiliency. Um, I think there's resiliency to explore a little bit as it relates to, like, when things are painful, when things are difficult, which, by the way, Talia, we've had difficult moments, and you haven't yes. shied away from those. But we take different roles in those. That's like right. I'm the I'm the lion that comes in and like addresses it really directly, and you're the you're a little bit more peaceful. Like, so I think what this means is I think what we need to do is pivot into this or whatever. Like, you're the That's it's right. kind of good cop bad cop <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um, which when we get to the eight, we'll probably see where some of that shows up. But Talia, seriously, I think I think it's good. I think yeah. Yeah, sevens are really fun, but sometimes a little flaky. And it's like, you know, the way to think about all of these is it's like there's the darkness and then there's the light to every single personality type. And like if you're a healthy version of your type, you're pretty much a delight to be around. And if you're an unhealthy version of your type – you're a disaster in many different ways. There are many yeah. different ways to be a disaster. And I probably, and I don't know this for sure, but I assume everyone has some positive and negatives to their type, right? Every, oh, everybody. Not and that usually, when we talk about eights, you'll find anything in the category of unhealthy on my part. Oh, absolutely not. You're, you're totally right. You are perfect in every way. You're just avoiding pain. You're avoiding oh conflict. Go ahead. No, I mean, I kind of love our conflict. I'm like leaning into it. <laughs> oh, I am teaching you how you to embrace are. pain you and are. discomfort. And I, I know. I, I really appreciate that about you. Oh, like whatever God. you're doing with your earring or head there. Oh, Ooh, I, I was like, it was falling out of my ear, but I think what I was? have it managed. My little ear piece. 
I like so, your your body parts are falling off because you've been bitten by a walker. That's because of the apocalypse. See, I'm allergic to the apocalypse. But a healthy seven yeah. is what I'm aspiring to always be, yeah. is somebody who can be a little less scattered, see the connection between all of their areas of interest, and try to like pull them together in a cohesive way so that we're moving in a direction that makes sense. Um we are, you know, a healthy seven is able to be more still and be able to sit in a little bit more darkness, be able to appreciate that being a human on the planet, there are 50 shades of emotions and life experience, and we can start to value the darker shades and not just the dopamine high of like travel, food, wine, which is why we, you know, tend towards gluttony. It's just because, oh my God, the finer things, the joy, the highs. Yep. And that way we can just really be present in the experience and not constantly chasing or running away from. So that's the goal for the seven. Are you ready I love to hear about you in all of your glory? Yes, but first I want to ask you. So as you just, as you go through a seven, which you identify with, do you find yourself constantly analyzing yourself and observing where this shows up for you and continuing to explore your work as a person? Yes, because I will notice like even when I'm feeling really healthy and really good and really balanced, yep. the way that it shows up for me is like if Rob wants to have a hard conversation or, you know, and then I'll feel really like, oh, God, what now? Like, oh, and then I remember there was a time that I would just be like, I curate my most beautiful headspace. I love being in my own head. It's almost like if you think about the inside of your head, your inner landscape as this garden, mine is the most beautiful, serene, joyful. It's exactly what I want it to be. It's like I, I'll be cooking and I'll be sipping on some delicious wine and listening to my favorite music and appreciating the light coming in through the windows, kind of sparkling on the fresh flowers that I bought and like really 10 out of 10 vibes. And then Rob will come in and be like, uh, I told you that we already had crackers. Why did you buy another bag of crackers at the store? Right. And I'll be like, no, 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 no. This is my precious mind space. Like, get out of here with your mumbly, grumbly, miserable energy. So um, I did that, that to so you this morning. That. Yeah, <laughs> you did. And you were like, sorry, I'm a downer. And I'm like, oh, my God. You were like, I like, love this so much. I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm not in it. Nope. Um, and, and yet I am now, right? Like it just, I'm very transient about like what this process is, but you came in so positive this morning. I'm like, okay. I know. So I do have a tendency because of how high my mood usually is that is curated by me. I feel very fragile about like, you know, if other people are coming in and this actually, this does not apply at all, by the way, with my work and my clients. That is a yep. completely different 
that makes energy, sense. a completely yep. different space. I can sit in that, in the muck and the mire and the darkness and hold someone's hand for years. It doesn't yeah. like trigger that same feeling. But yeah, there is something about like... This is like this beautiful headspace. So like if you're a Debbie Downer, go somewhere else. But I I love my husband and I am working on this every day. There was yep. a time that I asked him, if you have issues when I'm in this headspace, could you do me a huge favor and go write it down on a piece of paper and put it over there so that when I'm in a place to actually look at it and address it and not see you as some, like, grumbling, miserable <laughs> pelican that's like, blah, 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 then, you know, I'll look at it and I'll take it seriously. And we actually ended up doing that for a while. And it was a wonderful it was wonderful for both of us because I was able to address it the second I came out of that headspace when I'm like, okay, he needs partnership. He needs a real conversation. Yep. It's not going to be while I'm cooking and listening to music and sipping my wine, but I can do it now. So that actually really worked for us. But I'm growing and changing. Are you so asking I'm me to write down when I'm grumbly and not talk to you about it? Not yet, but that might be in our future. Just kidding. No, I haven't really needed that from you at okay, all. Good. Okay, good. Okay, uh, good. Let's talk about the eight. My favorite topic, please. And a lot of my favorite people are eights. Of course we are. But they're also a little terrifying to me. <laughs> That's fair. Because, okay, eights, they're, they're the boss. They're the challenger. And I don't know how else to describe them other than it's like BDE. Do you know what that is? Big. Dick energy. Oh, I was going to say dick, but I thought that was like profane. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah that, that's fair. Yeah. It's it's like I'm big in. dick energy. It's yeah. like main character energy. Like larger than life. They were put on earth to be the leaders of the universe. Right? And they know it. And they just like feel that it's exuding from them. So the the eight's deepest fear is being vulnerable. To be controlled <laughs> and to become weak from lack of power and freedom. And that drives everything. Oh I feel like my. you're resonating. You're resonating. That you're feeling it. Am I right? Oh, boy. Um, you know what's fascinating about that is that it's not all the time. Like, I can be vulnerable in certain circumstances, but the vulnerability where there's a risk of, like, being really hurt, ooh, yes. I suck at. I suck at it. Um, and so all of my friends and the people closest to me in, in, me in my life, these are the people that love me unconditionally, have given me a great deal of trust and regard uh, enough to build that security in those relationships. I'm not an easy person mm. to be a friend with, as you probably know. I'm also not an easy person to be in a relationship with. So for me, if you're in my life, you've been able to be resilient and withstand some of those times when I get difficult or I get, you know, because I'm not good with vulnerability. I'm just not. When right. I get hurt, I get angry. So, and it's not great. Which I have to work on that. Do you know what's interesting is sevens are, sevens are also not very good at being vulnerable and being in touch with their yep. emotions, except when we feel vulnerable, we disconnect and escape and you rage 
maybe, or I, like defend. I fight. I I do not flee. I do not avoid. That's However, right. this is the other thing is, by the way, this is my work, right? Like, I know that when I'm hurt, I need to say that I what what you did hurt me. Or That's I'm hurting right. when you do this, right? Like, I haven't done very well. I had an incident with a, a very dear friend recently, and I just kind of went off on him and wanted to punch him in the face um, like 20 times uh, for hurting me. And what a silly, childish response, right? Because the best response would have been to say, I'm feeling really hurt. I need to check right. this out with you. Like, I know how to talk better, and I learned from that experience. Like, it has not happened that way. But I but was I vulnerable, will, right? That's right. And when we talk about like the deepest fears, this is why I find the Enneagram so so um, valuable yep. is because when I'm talking to somebody and I know that their deepest core wound and their trigger and fear is to be weak, to be vulnerable, to be controlled, yep. that it guides my work. Right. Because like those things might not trigger other types in the Enneagram in the same way that they would trigger you. Yeah. Whereas feeling trapped and in pain and what, you know, would be very triggering for me in a way that you're like, I'm comfortable sitting in the darkness, right? Yep. So it's like that's why we're we're so different and we complement each other. All the types do. Yep. But we have to do our own work, I think, we is do, the bottom line. We do, 100%. And you know, it's interesting. As you're talking about these things, yes, I – and I probably in the past have been much more about this, but losing control or not having control – um, I know pe pe previous people that I've been in relationships with most of the time intimately have probably considered me a very controlling person because I needed things a certain way. Like I have, I've had such reactions when I was younger in relationships based in jealousy or based in insecurity mm. or whatever it is. And that has all together a lot to do with my family of origin as well. And, you know, the ability to trust and have security, but it's absolutely true of me, but now that I'm older, I do not feel that anymore. I do have words that I can use, and I know That's to right. kind of just pay attention to what I'm feeling and express that in a more adaptive way than the ways that I might have in the past. So I do hope to work. We all strive, right, to be a better version of ourselves. One thousand percent. So the, the core motivation of the eight is the desire to be independent and yep. in control. <laughs> right? But it's all, if you think about yeah. every type that we've talked about, yeah. the core motivation is basically just how we need our nervous systems regulated. Yep. So if I, 100%. Yep. Right? Our, our, our motivation is to manage and regulate our deepest fear. So this is like a little bit about the eight. Tell me what you think. Um, very independent, self-sufficient, self-determination, stamina, fierce and confident, energetic, busy, fiery, passionate, powerful, stubborn, and headstrong. What? I can hear people laughing in my life right now. I they think all that's love in me. your head. That's they all different... love me, but I, I believe they're all smiling a little bit. Keep going. Right, and that's just like the core wiring, right? I'm looking for another word here. I am okay. also fiercely loyal. I was kind of curious if that was in there. Um, that I feel like being fiercely loyal is not necessarily a part of the eight, but it's a part of like a healthy human. So it's definitely <laughs> a part of you being healthy. 
Okay. But I, I would say that actually, I think it really does depend on health because I'm just about to hop into what unhealthy looks like. Okay. But if you can think about this, that like Barack Obama and Trump are both eights. So they both have like the leadership, the drive, the stamina, oh. the passion, but one of them is really healthy yeah, and that's a benevolent okay. leader and <laughs> bridges people and pulls the country in a more united direction, right? Thank and you, the Barack. other is not. So it's not about the type, it's about the level of health is I guess what huh. I'm trying to say. So nice. an, un, an unhealthy eight, yeah. desperate need for control over themselves and over others. Yep. They're pushing their agenda, desperate to influence at all costs. They can be tyrannical, intimidating. Huh. They use manipulation and bullying to get their way. Well, and that just no speaks empathy. to everything. Wait, I mean, it really does speak to it everything, does. right? Like it's I mean, exactly what the Trump administration was about. And it moves into like narcissism and lack of empathy. And they don't care yep. what other people's experiences are. And they're only wanting to connect with people that have whatever kind of social capital, political capital, whoever can yep. give them something in these transactional ways. But a healthy eight is – this is one thing. This is like the eights that I love. This is what they all have in common. And it's more so than any other type. When Please you think about politics – and like you and I know a handful of people in politics, right? We do. And many, many of them are eights. And the healthy eights consider themselves to be protectors and advocates at all costs. Advocates for those that don't have a voice, and they are the ones that are passionate enough and empathic enough to do that really hard work to protect others. I love that. Yeah, I, I will tell you, um, and not to get too far into this, but, you know, when it comes to human rights and human equality, um, I will probably do anything to advance right. that possibility. That's right. And you're incredibly outspoken as an advocate in that way. And I just love it. And they're also amazing teachers and coaches, um, for champions for the oppressed. I guess that was just what I was saying. They're yeah. incredibly generous, intensely loving and protective, and they're also tender and vulnerable. So that's an eight growing into their healthy selves. I love that. I love that so much, you know, and it's interesting because I hear that and I'm like so proud of yeah. that characteristic of the people that you also reference. You know, I see Barack and Michelle Obama um, and others. Uh, I'm delighted to be in that pool as well as some of the people that we know who really stand up for the rights of other people That's and right. do not slant that and do not manipulate that information and do not make up lies about how people are who they are. Because you the know? integrity yeah. is 10 out of 10, which is interesting because like a healthy eight and the one, you know, the reformer and the challenger, 
that's what they have in common in their leadership is their integrity. You know what's so, interesting, too, about this that I might add? And I know we need to get on to there's just one more. Nine. Is that right? Just um, one more. Yeah. This is what I would say about this, too. Like the complicated part of this is while I like to think that I'm an advocate for the oppressed or and being one of them myself. Right. Like, But not feeling that I'm a very fortunate and grateful person for my life um, as a gay man and gay father. And I was exposed to straight people all my life, and somehow that didn't change who I am. So I don't know what people are afraid of with drag queens and LGBTQ people. I think about people. that all the time. It's like, why are people so worried that being around <laughs> gay people is going to, like, turn you gay? If it's going to turn truly, you gay, you were gay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Boy, being around all straight messages and pressures and models and no. media influences didn't change any of us. FYI, Ron DeSantis. FYI. Um, so anyway, what I want to say about this is the interesting piece about me is that I don't tolerate ambiguity well anymore. Like I'm, I'm someone who doesn't want to talk about why people should consider that other people who are different than them are equal human mm. beings. I just really want to make that hate and fear and ignorance uncomfortable. So okay. I've lost, um, I've lost my ability to be patient about that. I'm not right. someone who wants to talk about that anymore. I just want to make it uncomfortable because I honestly think that's how change happens historically. I'm not a great role model for that because it's not about peace. It's not about like, let's talk to one another. I've talked right. all of my life. It did no good. Well, so. and that's why I feel like, because I, I don't necessarily agree that that's how change happens, but I feel like change happens in a million different ways. I think in an ideal world. And we all do world, it differently, by the way. Go ahead. Right. In an ideal world, you have the ferocious passion of the eight, but the ability to bridge people instead of polarize people. Yep. Because I feel like the way to make change is to inform the other side, bring empathy and patience, model something. I mean, it's not, I mean, as I'm saying it out loud, I also realize that like nobody wants their mind changed. Nobody's interested in what the other side is. It doesn't matter what side you, you're uh, on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, that's maybe another question for another day. Like, how does change actually happen? Because Ooh, if that's you're, a big one pushing or if you're bridging like i'm really curious like what yep. people think about that um this also i think beautifully does bring us to the final type in the enneagram which is the nine and the peacemaker because these are the guys they're literally the opposite of the eight yeah so the nines and the twos the helpers and the peacemakers are these really beautiful they are so easy to get along with. Yeah. There are no <laughs> ripples, no waves, because they're sort of like put on earth to be a support person for these larger than life, you know, BDE, main character energy. They're very, like the nines are, they sit on that bridge. They sit on that fence. Their deepest fear is being too needy and pushing people away. So <laughs> that's their, their they uh, yeah, don't yeah, want yeah. to make any false steps in relationships or make anyone upset. Their core motivation is their 
and it's desperate, right? This need for peace and harmony at all costs, which actually I think a lot of us sevens can relate to that, that it's like a very fragile, delicate vibe there that we're trying to hold on to that maybe the sevens and the nines were brought up in a lot of turmoil, chaos, divorce, unpleasantness. I don't know. I'd be curious to know other people's experiences, but it's almost like we need that calm water to feel grounded and anything that's slightly unpleasant or painful really triggers us as feeling like unwell or ungrounded. Tali, is this like the Zodiac where like you can be a Sagittarius, but your moon in it is in Virgo or I don't know. I, I'm yes, probably saying that there, really stupid. No, but, I totally get it. Yes. Yeah. There are wings. wings. There are wings. You can be like an eight <laughs> with a wing, which is why I really would love everybody that's listening and finding value in this. If you want to go to truity.com, T-R-U-I-T-Y.com and Alex, our fabulous editor, is going to put the link in the show notes, in the YouTube. Just click on that link. We're going to get it on our um, Instagram profiles as well. Maybe my LinkedIn. No, it's not LinkedIn. It's Linktree that has all of our episodes. But like, I'm dying to know what you are, what you think, what your wing is, right? Like what what your personality is, what it looks like when it's healthy. Um a little more about this nine. They are calm, collected. They're natural mediators. They diffuse conflicts with ease. They're very zen and mellow and soothing. And they're generally liked by almost everybody because they do not ever piss anyone off intentionally. <laughs> they're, they're fluid they're slow moving, which I will say that this is like the only thing that a nine will do that pisses people off because they're not able to communicate dissent. They're not able to communicate any sort of disagreement. So they'll say yes, but then they will never do the thing that they said That's they were avoidance. going to do. It is like paralysis. And so these are the people that if you are really wanting to get married and really wanting to have a child and you are partnering with a nine and they're not ready or they're not into it, they'll say, absolutely, absolutely, yes. But then you're going to notice there is, it's like 5,000 pounds of dead weight. They will not move in a direction that they're not wanting to move, but they won't ever tell you unless they're healthy. So unhealthy. They're lethargic, unable to concentrate. They feel sort of insignificant that they don't matter in the grand scheme of things. They can be sluggish, hard time making decisions. They have a hard time moving forward in life with like clarity and passion. Because they're very afraid to make the wrong move. It's hard for them to make goals for themselves. And if they do make a goal, there isn't a tremendous amount of discipline around that. They don't really honor commitments to themselves. 
So that's that can be really hard. It's hard being any type that's unhealthy. Yeah, I would guess so. You know, and it's interesting because I'm processing now. I mean, I do this, you know, with every one of these personality types. Like, I evaluate, like, would I be a good person for this person in a an intimate relationship? Really not. Like, this would right. not work for me to have somebody who cannot tell me what they really think, say what they mean, mean what they say, uh, under any circumstance. And, of course, given who us eights are, you know, that we're just kind of out there with it. I benefit from, you know, and all my friends can do this. Like, they can say, okay, I don't know what's going on for you, but... Let's talk about this, right? That's right. You did you you do really well with that when I'm in a crappy place like I was this morning as well. Um, but I will tell you something. The other thing that I think about is like, what does a nine do in therapy? Like, are they pleasers? Are they people that will not say what they really need or what they really think? And mm -hmm. I also, and I hope this is the case for any nine that I see, I hope I naturally and organically and sensitively and safely pull you out to be able to really talk about what's going on for you in a way that removes some of that, what I would call avoidance or right. deflection or whatever words we want to use. Like, cause I would love, I, I really think that the optimal is to be able to communicate yourself clearly. Right. And I mean, directly. you're asking such a good question. So I, I think that nines in therapy might yep. be talking about that. Their only distress in life is with other people, other people being <laughs> upset with them or conflict or oh, things not feeling okay. good. So yeah. there yep. might be like a bit of a lack of awareness about like their potential passivity. Yeah, their role right? in that dynamic. Their role in that, right? right. And so like oftentimes what happens if you are passive – Yep. is the active people in your life start to pit against each other yep. over your head. It's like a, a, like maybe an unhealthy nine. Like some of the conflicts will be, this is like always kind of the red flag or the, you know, what I think about yep. is like my mother hates my wife. My daughter hates my new girlfriend because what's happening is you're, the nine is so wanting to please everybody that they're just like, oh, uh, I can't do that thing because my wife won't let me. Uh, my mom said I, I can't do this thing with you. Um, but it's never an ownership of like, I don't want to do that. or. Yep. That's not good for me or us. And so, like, that might be what it feels like to work with a nine in therapy. And that's that's their work, right? Yeah, it is their work, which is really easy when you're in therapy because it's talk therapy, right? So you want to and, – and, and what I think is difficult, and, you know, I've noticed this in my own career. I, I don't work well with narcissists because I, again, want to, like, punch them in the face uh, generally within about five minutes. But I also will say that um, – for people who might have this personality, I've sat with people in silence sometimes, which is very hard for me to do because, you know, people are paying good money to get uh, insights and feedback and uh, interventions, right? So I have struggled with people who are a little quieter, and I'm processing whether I think they're a nine um, and maybe, except not or, always. Or a, a five, maybe the observer. Yeah, maybe. Right. Which, and, and, yep. but honestly, like everyone just needs help sort of digging deep and figuring out like, what's my part in this? Like That's I'm right. distressed by everything going on around me, yep. but the only thing I really have control of is maybe changing the shape of my puzzle piece right. so that the people That's that are right. connected to me also must shift. But 
I will say like a healthy nine is able to maintain that beautiful harmony in all of their relationships, but not by being silent, by being diplomatic and able to speak their truth to their loved ones or at work in a very beautiful way. They're still naturally like fluid socially and so easy to be around that if they could just have a little faith and a little confidence that if they spoke their truth, people would actually really feel like they knew you and loved you and understood what you stand for. And then you could start to ease into feeling more confident that like, you trust your gut. You go with what you're feeling. You can choose a direction and run. I love it. And that is uh, that concludes the Enneagram, which is like my favorite topic. And we hope that you found something valuable and interesting in that, even if you cringed listening to <laughs> parts of yourself or parts of your loved ones. Um, and Always message us, DM us. We are dying to know, did you do the Enneagram? What's your type? What do you think? If you have any feedback for us, tell them, Doug. Tell them what to do if they have any feedback. Here's what it is for me, right? Like I've been in this place in these two episodes about the Enneagram of listening to you, the expert, Talia, on these on these personality types and the evaluation that I did, not only from myself and my relationships, but also my work and, you know, who I know in each category and how that person has impacted me or what that dynamic is in that relationship. I hope every viewer takes all of that in and and is like, huh, I think I have all these people. I've come across them. These are the people that work for me because at the end of the day, we should all have support networks and we should all have relationships that complement us, that understand us, that we understand them. And so huge discussions can come of this for everybody listening. So I wish you all the best on this. It's a fun discussion, isn't it? And no matter what type you are, we hope that you now know what you are growing into and that every type is just a delight when they're healthy. And that eights are the best. That's what I hope you take from this as well. We love you guys. And if you are liking what you're hearing, it would mean the world if you did a little rate and review on, I think Apple's easier than Spotify, but like we want to hear from you. We want to know what you're thinking. We welcome your feedback all the time. Can't Take care, wait everybody. to see you next Tuesday. I'll be there. Bye, guys.